and Donna Joden. I <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. got turtle doves in the room. <laughs> You're <a> dick. <laughs> Uh, how, how quickly you forget that you had to put up with this on a daily basis. Right? Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. I am Robin O, and today I'm joined by Ryan Flurry doing his favorite bird impressions, and Steve Barkley, who is not doing any sort of an impression. Um, he's a mime. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking against the wind, everybody. <laughs> Help me, I'm trapped in a box. I'm trapped in a box. There's a big invisible box around me. What's in the box? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so here we are, together again. It's and another week. It is another uh, week. How's everybody's week? It's getting better. The sun's out. Yeah. yeah it's supposed to be warm on Thursday. Yeah, finally. I'm so looking forward to that. It was. I was so happy when I woke up this morning and it was blue skies. Finally drying up. It's probably why I'm such in such a good mood today. I hear, rumor has it, that we may get 23 degrees on Thursday. I know. It's going to be shorts and t-shirt weather. I know, right? Mm -hmm. The Americans down south are thinking, that better not be Fahrenheit. It's not, guys. It's not. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that'll be so nice. Mm -hmm. I might have to break out my bike for a ride. Yeah. That's like, what, that's 75, 78... Uh, Fahrenheit. I just hope that means mm -hmm. it's it's not going to be super hot this summer. Well, it is supposed like, to be, I think, longer and hotter than normal. Really? Mm, fabulous. Get that avocado started outside. <laughs> Telling you, global warming, I'm totally into it. It's not a real thing. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care what it is as long as I get to grow avocado before I die. Well, well pretty soon we'll be growing pineapples in our yard. Yeah, well, there pretty you soon you're going to see a polar bear swimming past your living room window, so <laughs> that's going to be something. <laughs> hey, come here. Come on the show. <laughs> uh, well, we certainly have a fantabulous show today, huh? We do indeed. Ryan. We've got an extra special guest. Yeah, why don't, uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us... Well, tell, tell everybody who we have today. Today, we have superstar Donna Joden joining us. Yeah, this is, I mean, reading her bio, it's its ridiculous. Um, she is such a busy lady, and, uh, you know, we're really thrilled that she actually made the time to actually talk to the three of us. Given what she does, I don't know when she finds time to breathe. Yeah, that'll be definitely be a question. Uh, but before we do... Um, Let's talk. Uh, let's talk email. We got an email. We did get an email. We did get an email. We need it was a, very exciting. We need an email sound now. We're getting email. You've Bing. got mail. That's right. <laughs> okay, so Steve, why don't you uh, read everybody our lovely email? Okay, so we got an email from Bev Powell. Bev uh, is a uh, listener uh, who uses a Victor stream to listen to us. Uh, say hi to Bev, guys. Hi, Bev. Thanks for listening. Hello. And uh, Bev was uh, good to point out uh, that uh, he is a dude from Strathro Strathroy, Ontario. Because uh, we might have made that mistake. Never heard of it, uh, but woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so his letter goes, I listened to AT Banter on my Victor stream and enjoyed the enthusiasm and topics. Well, mostly the enthusiasm, I think. <laughs> yeah, that nine o'clock one was, yeah, yeah anyways. <laughs> Particularly since it is Canadian. Okay. Hey. I recently upgraded from Windows 7 to Windows 10 and find the transition difficult. Yes, no doubt it is weird. Yep. I am 75 and totally blind and a JAWS user. My command of JAWS is fairly limited as what I know suits my needs. 
that's what we all do. <laughs> My question is, do you know of a print book or website which is simple and straightforward that will explain Windows 10 to me? My wife is very good at reading print material. I'm particularly interested in keyboard commands. I purchased a Windows 10 for dummies and there doesn't seem to be any accessibility info contained therein. We're having difficulty finding any info on Narrator. I've given myself another challenge, and that is learning a new Bluetooth keyboard in conjunction with my iPhone. It's a good job. I know how to touch type. Look forward to hearing from you. Uh, you can use my email on air if it suits your message. All right. Well, we did. There you go. Thank you. Too late. Yeah. Well, I do have to say the key to his success or your success, Pev, is you have a good wife who is <laughs> patient and willing to read to you. What, your, your wife doesn't read to you, right? Unless I take her out for dinners. Oh, well, maybe. It's all about dinner. Maybe you better take her out for a friggin' dinner. It's time. I right think now. so. Mm -hmm. All right, so I, I pitched that one out to uh, to my LinkedIn account uh, just to see what, uh, what people uh, had to say on that one. And I got a grand total of one result back from uh, Attilio Puglisi, who... Uh, Attilio... Who used to be the uh, AT guy, or, or the uh, not AT guy, the uh, IT. IT guy for <laughs> uh, for Aroga. And uh, incidentally, if any of you need uh, somebody to handle managed services for you, uh, Attilio is your guy. We can hook you up. Um, so he came back and he said, "Hey, there's a pretty good list of Windows 10 keyboard shortcuts on Gizmodo.com/slash/the ultimate guide to Windows 10 keyboard shortcuts-dash a whole big long number." So we'll post that uh, that link up there. I had a look at it actually, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good list of uh, of shortcut keys, and I learned a bunch uh, just uh, scrolling through. There's some really there's stuff for Cortana. There's uh, you know stuff for snapping your uh, screens around, opening up virtual desktops. That sounds very um, similar. I think that's the one I actually copied the text from, and one of the attachments I had sent to Bev. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll post that up, and we'll post up the other ones. Uh, you you yeah, found a couple, I've, right, right? Yeah. What's that? You found a couple of things. I did. Yeah, I sent him a couple of attachments. One I think is from the ultimate guide there that you have, and one was also specifically just narrator commands in Windows 10 creators update. Yeah, and I took a, you know I took a bit of a spin around too. I used my Google Foo and uh, did some searching and uh, found a few books. Um, a grand total of one actually about specifically about Windows and accessibility. Mm -hmm. um, not a heck of a lot, and that therein I think you know is kind of what's uh, I, I think where Microsoft has now fallen a little bit short. And it, you know it might be unfair to, to necessarily. Um, throw this on Microsoft shoulders B but I mean there's just there he's absolutely right there's not a lot of documentation and there's not a lot of books that um, surround uh, the accessibility features and that's something that that Microsoft's going to need to address I mean now that they've added all these accessibility features into Windows there really isn't a good um, central location to go to find out more about it. Well, there probably is. We probably just don't know where it is. Well, I mean, and, certainly. But if it's hard for us to find it, it's hard for everybody to find it. So right, and and um, yeah, I mean, we did have Megan on uh, a few weeks back, and you know, and she certainly gave us links. Um, but you know, to the general public, you, you know, that's those links aren't. Those are going to be very hard to find. Um, you really have to to dig around for them and somebody who's visually impaired they're not going to be able to navigate those those pages very well so you know that's something that they they may have to look at and um and you know it could be that now now that these accessibility features are a lot more prominent maybe we will see more books um based on that but in any case i mean i did find a few books on on accessibility and a few books um that were geared towards seniors and windows mm -hmm. um so we'll we'll post those as well in the show notes. So anybody out there who's who's in the same boat or is interested, um, you know, just go to go to atbanter.com and and check out the show notes for this week's episode, and everything will be there. Excellent. And meanwhile, somebody should get in touch with the uh, guys who write those dummies books and say, hey, you should do a accessibility for dummies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think it's one set of authors that do. I think anybody can do it. We should write. We should just write it. There what the go. heck? Yeah. Okay. Cut that part out. Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> Never mind. We, we got it under control. Okay. Rob's going to have a book out by the end if, of the month. That's right. If there's any three people that you were more qualified to write a book called with dummies in the title, it's us. <laughs> you can self-publish on Amazon, too. Can well, you? There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Perfect. Here's another article that, that sort of annoyed me to, that this week that, that I saw. Um, 
I, I noticed uh, in the in the, my Twitter feed, there was an article that was posted, I believe, in a Seattle uh, Seattle news station posted it about um, people who are dressing their dogs up as service dogs, even though they are not service dogs. Um, yeah, so that they can take them into like grocery stores and take them into the malls and stuff, and they'll put the little vest on and then walk them around. I, I had not heard of this. Apparently, it's not a new new phenomenon. But wow, talk about scummy! Yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, anybody who would fake a service dog just so they can take their dog in the store is a bit of a douche. Yep, absolutely, big time. I mean, I don't know. Have you? I don't know if I've ever seen a poodle service dog, but I guess maybe they they exist. Yeah, Gary Steves had one. Yeah, really. Albert, Albert yeah. Ruel had one. Yeah. Like a big poodle. Yep. Yep. Standard really? poodle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. They're using guide horses in some countries too. Now, here, uh, I mean, do they have any sort of um, are are different breeds better? Like, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine a bulldog service dog. Mm-hmm. Daisy is never going to be a certain <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I mean, certain certain breeds do take to it better. Um, you know, a lot of the reason why they use different animals for for different people is is for size purposes. You know, you wouldn't see typically a very small lady with a guide horse, but uh, although I shouldn't say that because I've actually seen a very small lady with a guide horse. <laughs> wow. Um, but. Um, yeah, there's there's different animals that can be trained for the purpose. Um, you know, potentially you could have guide pigs. Mm-hmm. That'd be entertaining as hell. That would you know? be. Um, but uh, certain breeds of dogs are good for the job, and certain ones are not really temperamentally suited to it. Right. right. I mean, sort of like a beagle or something. You're not going to get it because those are pretty high strung. I think. Yeah, I, I uh, I've seen uh, I've seen a guide Doberman pincer. Really? That tried to attack every other dog that it ran across. <laughs> yeah, I can't see. <laughs> it was a little high strung, that one. Very poorly socialized. And uh, uh, I was told it was an excellent guide dog, mm-hmm. unless it ran into another dog, in which case it was a ferocious hell beast. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but most of them are Labradors, Retrievers, Shepherds, shepherds right? yeah. Poodles. Yeah. Yeah, they use the Poodles because they're um, non allergenic. Non allergenic or less allergenic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and and of course different crossbreeds labradoodles and yep. uh, right uh, I've seen vizlas um, we're missing one. oh retrievers we're missing retrievers so those are those are the common ones right but still I mean that's so aggravating though I, I can't like that's that's worse than parking in it's one thing to park in a handicap mm-hmm. parking spot but which in and of itself is a sure douchey thing to do yep. Right. Uh, I got a corny one Google Home told me today. Okay, go. How did the vacuum cleaner die? Uh, it bit the dust. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, Alexa. That was Google. Oh, yeah. Google. That was Google Home. Yeah. So you still how often? So how often are you using the Google Home or the, the Every Alexa? Day. Do you? Every day. Do you use both these days, or yeah. are you just you really? Yep. Why? Do you just have them in different rooms? Like, how's your setup? I've got my... No, they're in the living room. Uh, the Google Home, Linda and I can sit and play trivia mm-hmm. some nights together. Right. Uh, I've got my Google Calendar on my Google Home, so I can say what's going on this week, and it'll tell me. Nice. Uh, Alexa, I use more for Spotify, because it has Bluetooth, and I've got it paired to my um, speaker bar. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. So, you're ha- pretty happy... A couple months out still with, with your purchases. Yeah, I am. You know, more and more they're doing more integration with home automation, you know, lights and locks and that sort of stuff. Google's starting to catch up. But, yep. you know, Alexa's got, you know, over 10,000 skills now. And I just know, you know, at what point do you limit yourself to the top five or ten you're going to use so that you can remember how to use them? Right. You know, there's so many different key phrases to use and anybody can write a skill for Alexa, so... I only use it mainly for Spotify. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. And my daily news. Let's see. What else is in the news? We got a provincial election coming up. We do. Yeah, I think I'm going to heating go, up. I think I'm going to vote early. Yeah, we're going to vote on Saturday. Yeah, I'm probably going to vote early too. Yeah, I think I'm going to vote on Thursday. Might do it mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, especially now that I just read today that the liberals are. It sounds like it's going to be actually close, which is surprising to me. Well, look what happened four years ago. You know, everybody thought, oh, NDP, 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 and boom, liberals won again. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a real shame if they win. Well, 
you know, I keep saying it, but every time somebody votes green, it's a vote for the liberals because they're taking support away from I the know. NDP. And people disagree stupid. with me on that. They say, no, no, the green takes votes away from the liberals, but no, really, they generally don't. It's no. generally a choice between green and NDP for most people. Well, of course. No, one, no one's well, out there going like, oh, should I vote liberal or should I vote green? Like, who? Well, no. I don't know. But so, so I don't know. It's, see, that just goes to show you, man. Trump can happen anywhere. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to happen here again. I think the yeah. liberals will get in. I, really? Yeah. That's that's your prediction. Eh? Yeah. I hear too many people saying, "Oh, I'm voting green this time. I don't care." Mm. Uh, okay. Those idiots. Make your bed, you lie in it. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy some more Christy Clark. Yeah. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. I need to come for your chairs. Yeah, you do actually. When you suck chair pillows. Donna Joden is a special needs consultant. She's an accessibility advocate. She's certified with Microsoft and Novell. She's got a master's degree in international business and finance from McGill University. She's a blogger, she's a podcaster, and she's an author. And she has also successfully sued the Canadian government for not having an accessible website. She's been named uh, the unsung hero by the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians in 2008, and just recently was named Person of the Year in White Cane Week 2017. And can you believe she actually has time for us? That's hard to believe. And she's made time for us. Mm -hmm. But sleep is right out. (laughs) That's right. Good evening, Donna, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm doing just lovely. Thanks so much for taking the time out and joining us, because we know from reading your bio, you are a very busy lady. Well, I try to be busy, and I do want to thank you for um, having me. I, I really appreciate it. So my, my number one question right off the top is, uh, when do you sleep? <laughs> well, you know, I go to bed. I'm, I'm not telling any tales out of school. I go to bed at around 8 at night, and I'm up by 3 in the morning because I got to send stuff to my clients in Britain. And, uh, you know, I've gotten used to this kind of thing, but I I wish I could just slow down one of these days soon. Well, I mean, if you wanted to slow down, you probably shouldn't be learning knitting (laughs) and pottery. (laughs) (laughs) This this is very true. Starting to let go of a few, <laughs> <laughs> trying to enjoy myself even a bit more, you know. Jeez, oh, excellent. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, we talk about questions, and I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Uh, what? Where to? Where to start? Uh, where do you want to start? Anywhere you want to start. <laughs> okay, let's start at the beginning. You want and I'll do my best to answer. Well, you've got all these pokers, different pokers in the fire here. I mean, you've got uh, Barrier Free Canada. You've got uh, your podcast. You've got uh, your uh, writing. You've got your advocacy work. Um, I don't know. What, what, what takes up the most of your time these days? What, what's your number one um, project? Um, well... I am fully involved in like trying to keep my own company alive. It's a you know an entrepreneurship company. Um, and that's that's a, oops, sorry, that's Sterling Creations, right? Correct. And you know, like I'm trying to sort of wind down on Sterling Creations a bit because I've gotten found something that really interests me, and that is um, trying to promote dinner mystery evenings. And I I put it under Sterling Creations, but I'm trying to wind down what I do, you know, that would stop me from waking up at three in the morning, for example. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then uh, there's the Barrier Free Canada Initiative. And after that, God knows what else. <laughs> I'm really trying, you know, I really am. Well, well okay, well, let's start with Sterling Creations and, and just tell us a little bit about it and uh, when it started and, and what you do there. So it started because I used to work for the Royal Bank, and one day, it, this was at, in, at the downtown offices, one day I was minding my own business at Union Station and standing against a wall waiting for the subway, and I was picked up by somebody, and next thing I knew I was in mid-air going towards the platform's edge. 
I screamed, and in those days I had enough vision to see the yellow line coming up real quick. Wow. <laughs> so I screamed and I kicked him, and others chased him, never got him. I quit my job then. That was back in 1998, and after getting myself back together, I started Sterling Creations in 2000. And we started with doing accessibility testing and writing and research. And that went really well for a few years. And then I started to get a bit bored. <laughs> right. Because I was getting tired of writing our articles and blogs for people. And so I decided to go into um, audio mystery writing, which I've always wanted to do. And it, it just took off. Like I started to sell my audio mysteries and soon I was promoting and hosting um, Dinner Mystery Evening. So this is what I do for Sterling Creations right now. So all those posts I see that you put up on Facebook, because I follow you, are those all uh -oh. books that you've written or books that you're reviewing? Um, both. Okay. Um, the the books that, well, I, I, prom I, um, I promote other, other authors, for one thing, and I write my own books as well. My own, my own um, audio mysteries, and that sort of dovetails into the your podcast because you're you're also a very active podcaster. Tell us about the podcast. Okay, so the podcast is called Take Another Five. We're now in the process of moving it to YouTube because we find we think that we're going to be getting a a bigger audience there, and it's really like five segments. Uh, the first segment is recipes, the second segment is talking about various apps, segment three is um, articles that are meant to help people around the house, you know, like how to do your tasks more efficiently. Number four is called in the end zone with the entrepreneur. That has to do with me sharing my experiences as an entrepreneur with others. And segment five is talking about scams that people can look out for and how to avoid bullies and bullying. So that's what it's all about. Now, I know that you're also very active in, in anti-bullying campaigns as well. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how that came about. It came about because as a child, I was, I was believe it or not, very shy and very inward. And I was bullied as a child, like, you know, like by my own fellow, you know, own classmates who were also vision impaired and then as I grew older and I left home and everything you know the bullying continued in different ways and then I kind of thought you know what vision impaired people are very susceptible to bullying and they don't really realize it or they don't really know it and I thought you know what I'd like to help in whatever way I can and I developed my anti-bullying campaign, and um, I'd like to put more effort into it someday soon. I don't think I've done enough as far as making presentations on, you know, what to look for and how to avoid it. So that is just one of my pet peeves as an author that I've, you know, it's an offshoot of what I do. And I honestly feel that helping to promote more social evenings where people are more amenable to you know, getting together socially will help people to get to know each other and understand each other. Because I think this is what is missing when it comes to, to you know, why people bully each other. So that that's, you know, it's sort of another passion of mine. Excellent. We'll have to have you out here to uh, debate with uh, this uh, woman who every year runs for the school board in Burnaby, a lady named Sylvia. And she, yeah. she writes these... Um, missives that she then delivers all over the area that I live in. She puts them in everybody's mailbox. And one of them was uh, that um, we had to stop anti-bullying campaigns in Burnaby because some of these kids could really use some bullying. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was actually part of her, part of wow. her official plan was to get rid of anti-bullying campaigns. Uh, largely because uh, gay kids uh, needed it bullied out of them. Oh, man, alive. Aye, 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 oh, aye. She, oh, she's a treat. There's a whole podcast there. <laughs> oh, there's, there's another yeah, story. Let's her on. Oh, my God, I'd like to talk to her. Yeah, we should. Yeah, no, let's... no you really wouldn't. <laughs> well, wow, maybe not. That's terrible. <laughs> wow. I had an email exchange with her where she threatened to come to my office. and. Did, really? What? Yeah. yeah. Really? 
should take her up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Steve's fist fighting with some woman in the lobby. I don't know. What's <laughs> and losing. Write a blog about that. Oh yeah, she ran for she ran for Burnaby City Hall too, and part of her campaign was uh, to uh, make public displays of affection illegal. Really? Yeah, she didn't like people hugging in public. <laughs> Wait, just who is this lady? Uh, She—I don't want to say her name on the uh, on the podcast. But yeah, she'll she, come after us. Yeah, her, her name's her name's Sylvia, and uh, yeah, she's a treat. And she's never won. Thank no, me. she has never won. <laughs> well, no wonder she's never won. Oh, my God. Well, you know, here the upside is that it sounds like she has a very miserable life in general. Yes. So yes. Quite possibly. I think karma takes care of, takes care of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it won't stop her from continuing to try, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, well, talking about karma, let's talk a little bit about... Culture Club? <laughs> about what? <laughs> Culture club. Eighties reference. Okay. Car- Karma chameleon. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Ryan. No problem. <laughs> you derailed me. <laughs> Thank goodness for editing. Okay, no. Speaking of karma, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this other fairly large feather in your cap, which is the six year legal battle that you had with the Canadian government. You know, when I when I got into it in the, at the beginning, like, telling the truth, I had no idea it was going to go that far. I was just so darn frustrated because I applied for a job with Statistics Canada, and um, they changed the whole criteria on me. Like, what the criteria for evaluating um, applicants was this. The first thing they did was interview, and then they checked your credentials. In my case, they flipped the process around and they said it was too costly to give me an exam in Braille. And on and on they went about other things. And finally, you know, one day they phoned and they said, you can never work for StatsCan. You will never work. And I thought, you know, enough is enough. So it's time to do something about it. So then I went and I tried to apply for online, you know, tried to apply to... um, their online through their online process for a job and it was totally inaccessible and I thought well time to do something and I approached David Baker um, well-known human rights lawyer here in Toronto and he said yeah you have a charter challenge case here and so the rest is history I mean it took six years to do it but uh, you know at first nobody wanted to really listen to what I had to say like you had people like the CCD saying, go away. We don't want to hear from you. You're going to fail with this. And then uh, CEO of the CNIB said the same thing. Hmm. Don't involve us in anything you're doing because you're not going to succeed. Wow. But then, you know, people started believing when they saw that we were serious and we took the government to court. And the government, you know, they tried to... They said, you know, we promise we will do this. I said, promises are not enough. You've got to do it. And, they, you know, they gave the usual personal attacks and everything like that. But it had to be done. You know, and you think of it, I think of it this way. I'm not doing it for me alone. I'm doing it for the kids of the future because right. someone did it for me. And this is what drove me through this whole or this entire journey. And... When we won round one in, I think it was 2010 or 2011, I can't remember now, 2010, then people started believing that, yeah, something could be done. And then they all started flocking towards me. And I thought, yeah, right. And three organizations sought intervention status because the government appealed the first decision. So we had to go to the court of appeal. Well, the CNIB did not gain intervention status, neither did the CCD, but the AEBC did. And then we went to the Court of Appeal and they lost again, and then they decided to drop the whole thing and we won our case. Wow. And so it must be really rewarding looking around at the landscape now where it it really, it has changed the landscape. Um, now it's very rare to have something that's that's not accessible, you know, especially, you know, federal. Well, there's a lot of work still to be done, but I kind of figure we got to keep up the pressure. And, sure. you know, like a, we had a, um, 
a meeting with Minister Qualtroff this afternoon, and one of the things I said to her is, that, yeah, we're waiting on your reports now, but in the meantime, we got to keep people interested because if we don't, it's going to die on the table. So you got to keep. It's never going to end. I don't think it will. But one of these days, I'm going to say, hey, give it to somebody else. Let them keep going. Right. Well, how's your feeling? Like, do you do you feel like progress has been made, or do you feel pretty sort of vindicated, or do you just or do you just kind of look at that what improvements can still be made and, and focus on that? I I look at what improvements need to be made. I think improvements will always need to be made, and it's it's not what you ask for is how you ask for it, and and sometimes you know. You get bullied by organizations like the Greater Toronto Airport Authority. They have a lot of deep pockets and they think, well, you know, they can use their money to scare you. But, you know, if you look at it this way and you say, um, you know what, I've done it before, I can do it again. Let me get some people to work with me on this. It becomes easier, but it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I imagine it's quite a process to go through that. Yeah. Oh, six Stop. years is a long time. Yeah, you got to be committed. <laughs> or you ought to be, one or the other. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's either I'm crazy <laughs> or maybe a bit sane or somewhere in between. But, you know, it's nice when you get people believing. You're going to get the odd person who's going to say, so what? It's what you believe in is the important thing. Now, you also have a blog. Uh, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about what, what, what you talk about on the blog. It's more of a personal thing on the blog. It's like from my personal diary. I you know, like I talk about different experiences in my, in my daily um, travels, you know, like in the kitchen or going shopping or personal reflections of childhood memories, growing up with my cousins, you know, learning to fly a kite, learning to do all kinds of things. So I look at it as my being able to find this outlet to reflect and remember and share my experiences. That's what I use my blogs for. I see. So uh, tell us a little bit about about the books that you've written. Are now, are they all, they're all mystery related? Well, the first set of books that I wrote um, were not. They were the sort of secrets to financial success, untapped wealth, and untapped wealth discovered. And it, it was all my using my entrepreneurial um, uh, experiences and skills to write these books. But my audio mystery books are simply that those of um, imagination and creativity. And it's all about Detective DJ, who is me, and uh, my imaginary um, team of crime crushers uh, solving different crimes. But the emphasis here is not on like vivid descriptions of crime and sex. It's all about solving a problem, you know, solving a problem to a crime that has taken place through everyday types of experiences, you know, like jealousy, envy, different things like that. And I've spun them into a, into mysteries, and I've written um, I've written two seasons, which are now posted. A third season I've written, I've not posted that as yet, and I've written uh, Twelve Days of Christmas box set. I have um, I have some ideas to write a second Twelve Days of Christmas box set, and um, a different type, two different types of mysteries. One is called Angels Are Around. It's all about um, telling the telling my readers about um, kindness stories and the other one I'm thinking of um, 30 minute made mysteries I call it and uh, you're going to have to wait and see what that's all about <laughs> fair enough Ooh, yeah. teasers teasers we like teasers yeah 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 <laughs> so are your audiobooks professionally narrated like or do you do them yourself I did it myself and I got someone to produce it so it's you know like sort of semi-professional it's not it's not something that um is professionally done i just did it through studio recorder right and i got my friend to produce it for me and uh, that's how it is and are they they're available on your website so how much are they um well i believe 
it's twenty four ninety nine for the entire uh, season, like first season or second season. And you can find them at www.donnajodhan.com. Go to the online store. And you can also sign up for a, a monthly subscription for $4.99 US. And you have unlimited access to download as often as you want, as many as you want. I think it's pretty amazing, too, that we, you know, we haven't even really talked anything about the fact that you are visually impaired and you are doing all this, which is amazing in and of itself. But let's talk a little bit about, say, AT and what kind of assistive technology you use um, on a daily basis in order to, to do a lot of this stuff. Well, um I use a supernova screen reader, um, the Dolphin uh, product. And I chose this product many years ago because of its um, cost effectiveness. I found that JAWS was too expensive. I really don't approve of the way Freedom Scientific treats people who are vision impaired. Mm -hmm. But I do use JAWS from time to time. I use NVDA, but I mainly use the supernova screen reader. I know Ryan has... I'm sure has some opinions on that. No, I yeah, totally I'd like agree. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I'm, I'm a JAWS user and have been ever since I lost my sight because it was the first technology I was introduced to. Right. But at the same, you know, at the same time, you know, JAWS is a thousand dollar product, and you know, NVDA is is free. Free. Um, yeah. You know, System Access is a low price screen reader. I'm not sure what the Dolphin products are, but you know, at least nowadays we have a lot more choice. So. You know, yeah. not just one tool will do everything. Sometimes you need more than one. So, well, and I think that, that that's my sense too is that I think that for a long time, Freedom sort of rested on the laurels of they were one of the only major screen readers around and, and right. they were able to sort of monopolize the market in, in a sense. Yes. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, they I, were find first it, out the I find it very irritating. And, you know, I also use um, the BrailleSense U2. Um, I like it a lot, but I notice that their technology is now becoming a bit ancient because, you know, like they their platform, I think, was Windows CE. Yeah. They have, they have a new note-taker yeah. now called the Polaris, which is an Android device. Yeah. I saw it last week, but oh, it's $7,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a premium if you're blind. <laughs> What's that? You pay a premium if you're blind. I know. <clears throat> but I don't know who sells it in Canada, though, because um, Aroga's gone out of uh, out of business. Are you guys doing anything like that out there? Uh, Are you selling it? I, I'm selling the humanware products through Canadian Assistive Technologies. Um, I have not talked to, uh, to HIMS about handling their products at this point. Um, okay. But I believe Frontier is selling it out there. Well, I was shocked that Aroga went down. I mean, so were we. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a little stunned. So, we? <laughs> so what? What are they doing now then? Uh, we're doing this. Yeah. Well, I've I've, no, but, uh, I've started I mean, my the, own. The, the Aroga people in in Ontario have have they closed now or? Yes. Yeah. Everything Aroga technologies wise is is shut down now. Um, in in the hands of the uh, receivers. Um, oh the, uh, the, the Bennett's who were the majority owners out there, they, uh, uh, they're so far as I know, just carrying on with the other companies that they, they had started. Um, which are what? Well, they, they started one, well, there's a bit of a story to it, but, uh, the, the main one that was started first was one called Aroga Holdings Corp, which was supposed to be a public, uh, a public offering. And the idea was right. to take that public use the funds mm -hmm. to pull in Aroga Technologies under that umbrella and to start developing um, products for uh, assistive technology products. Um, that never got listed, but a, a couple of different companies um, basically signed themselves over to, uh, to Grove Bennett to, mm -hmm. for, for stock. Um, right. With the idea that, you know, once the, once the stock went, if it hit a certain point, they'd clean up and be all happy well right. now that that hasn't happened it's uh, a lot of unhappy 
Um, oy, oy. But uh, the the big one that he's working on now is one called, well, it was called uh, OXO Worldwide when he acquired it. That became Aroga Worldwide, and it's now called Aroga's Club. Um, mm-hmm. Which is doing health and discount travel and, and, and nothing hol- hol- holographic quantum-infused stickers that are supposed to work off of acupuncture principles. Acupressure. Uh, Acupressure principles. Same thing, I think. So, This is getting more confusing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, Steve Barkley is now your Canadian assistant, a Canadian assistive technology rep for Canada. Yeah. 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 I mean, owner operator. So I'm just starting to starting from the ground, starting to build back up, and uh, um, you know, try and try and provide a level of support for Aroga customers who have been left in the lurch. What about uh, other products? Who do I go to? You? Uh, depends on the product. I've, I've got most of what Aroga had. Um, yeah. There, there's some that I haven't picked up, um, but uh, the majority I have. So I've got, you know, enhanced vision systems, human wear. Um, I can get any of the the VFO stuff. You've got um, the dolphin stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I've got, well, I've got some of the dolphin okay. stuff. Just Supernova their, stuff. Yeah, just the, just their magnifier and and uh, not not the screen reader at this point. They're, okay. They're they're starting me off small. I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have I got? I've got the buzz clip. Um, Tell me about the buzz clip. Is it? Is, would you recommend it? Um, it's, it, I, I mean, it, it totally depends on, on your lifestyle as much as anything, I guess. If, if I was somebody who was out traveling all the time and, you mm-hmm. know, I was in a, an area where there was a lot of, a lot of trees hanging around, uh, I'd, I'd want one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it just gives you that little bit of warning when you're about to clune your head into something. Right. Um, and, uh, I think it would also be good in, uh, in crowd situations where you're, you know, you're in a crowded room with a bunch of people and you're turning around you don't you don't want to necessarily stick your cane out to you know mm-hmm. get it between people's legs so it'll at least give you an indication of when there's somebody within a meter or two meters of you the okay. other the other nice thing about it too is if you're standing there talking to somebody and they leave you'll know that they've left because it stops vibrating well, that's good <laughs> <laughs> so you're not standing there talking to yourself well, <laughs> okay, it, it does okay. have a it, it does gotcha. have a seven seven second cutoff so if somebody's <laughs> if somebody's stationary for seven seconds it stops vibrating yeah. so it doesn't uh-huh. keep annoying you mm-hmm. um, but then i guess if they moved it'll it, shake it again. would it would start shaking again <laughs> so yeah you might be able to tell if they're leaving yeah so. okay good 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 and i'm sorry i keep doing that to you right <laughs> you, what my wife. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, well, what's your website, ones? Steve? Uh, www.canastech.com. C A N A S S T E C H. dot com. C A N A S S T E C H. H dot com. I should go pay to visit I, and see. I, I deliberately left the ass in the middle because I figured people would remember it easier that way because everybody sniggers. It's great ass in it. Well, I was about to, but it better, it better be nice, you know? But, okay, so I guess people are going to have to struggle to know where to go to buy what, right? For now. Yeah, you know, we're we're indexing really poorly on Google right now. We're really hard to find. Even if you search for Canadian assistive technology, you don't you don't find our our website. So it takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a bit of a struggle. But I'm you know I'm trying to get word out as much it, as I can. You know, spread it through as many channels as I can to let people know that they they haven't been completely abandoned at least. You know, it really has left a big hole in the market. Oh, for sure. So, for sure. So my it, goodness. Huh, but um, I think I'm very much interested in um, Braille displays, like the, the the mini ones that would enable me to use my iPhone. Like I have a Braille Pen 12, mm-hmm. yep, which I really like. I you know, but it's, it's not as portable as I would like it to be. So someone mentioned the uh, is it the Orbit? Yeah, the Orbit uh, hasn't actually been released yet. It's supposed to, it was supposed to be out in October, and uh-huh. it's still not been released. It's I think I'm waiting to get somebody to come on the show and talk about it. But supposedly this summer or fall is what I'm hearing now. Okay. But and, some people have seen it. And sorry, what is the Orbit? It's a small, I think, what is it, 
14 or no 20 cell or I think 20, 20 cell, cell yeah. braille display yeah. no yeah. they're really inexpensive it's like 500 great, bucks great price point yeah, yeah. wow yeah. 500 bucks versus 7,000 yeah that's pretty good yeah well so, the braille pen was about 12 I think yeah that's yeah. well, still yeah. half that's yeah. still that's still yeah. pretty so impressive it's, yeah it's a, it's a big step forward I, I wonder if that's what the development delay is I mean if they're they're just well, it's, it's out. Like, they've shown it to people, um, you know. Well, those have all been prototypes to this point. That's though, true, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they've been, they, well, they don't have production Nobody yet at sold this it point. Yet, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. What what in but, general, ma- sorry, I'm sorry, Donna. It's, um, what in general makes the, the devices so expensive? Like, what, what what part of it? Traditionally, it's been every, every single dot on a Braille display is uh, driven up and down by a three-layer wafer. So you apply mm-hmm. a voltage to one side of it and it bends up. You apply a voltage to the other side, it bends down, and then it pushes a pin up and down through a hole. Well, you got to have eight of them on, on a Braille display, six for the Braille, and then two to show things like your cursor, whether something's you know maybe highlighted right. or italicized. Yeah. And uh, so each one of those um, uh, elements, each Braille cell with eight, eight of those uh, bimorphs on them, um, cost... Well, I don't know what it costs to manufacture, but but typically um, retail it was around a hundred dollars per cell. Wow! So, you know, if you had a twenty cell, you're looking at two thousand dollars just for the braille portion. That doesn't include any smarts that you want to build into it as well. It's just for you know the cells. Right. So yeah, it was it was really really expensive. So the Orbit, I guess, is using a different technology for for how it's driving the cells up and down and that may be what's causing the delay because it may not be working as well as they hope they hope but i don't i don't know that for sure i that's just my speculation at this point but there's a lot of people waiting for that one well sure i mean the market obviously the market needs something a little bit more affordable because you know seven thousand dollars who's going to be able to afford that yeah yeah correct yeah but the reason why i like the braille sense too was that um it, there was a lot of you know good things about it like in addition to the braille display you had the you know you had the voice to go along with it you could record you could, you had a radio like all kinds of things so if i had to look for something in the future i'd look for something similar to that and i don't know if hims has any updates to that or not well the braille sense u2 um is still around but you know at some point they're going to transition everything over to the new polaris you know, what about the the? Is it something called the ET or the EZ? Is that still around? Uh, that was their book reader, the Blaze EZ and the Blaze ET. Mm-hmm. That was their Daisy player. Oh, so it, there was no braille display in it. No, no, no. It had a oh, it had a okay. camera in it that you could use for OCR, but uh, it didn't have uh, it didn't have a braille display. You know, I I've been expecting the market to drop out on. Um, note takers, note takers <laughs> for years. I, I've been predicting this for years, and everybody, every year, Ryan goes, "Ha ha, you're still going." Um, and I, I agree. I was I was really surprised when Humanware came out with the uh, the Braille Note uh, touch. Uh, touch, the the Android version of the Braille Note, um, because I didn't I didn't think anybody was going to invest a bunch of money into a new note taker, and then mm-hmm. it took off. It it did super well in the U.S. Um, and uh, and I think. Hims, if they had been waffling on on getting their product out or whether they should put the money into it, uh, probably saw that and and pushed theirs out the door. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, uh, I think the market might support one or two of them. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to support you know five or six. Um, mm-hmm. And there's other products that are coming in too. There's there's European units that are running Windows. Mm-hmm. There's the one L Braille. Yeah, uh, there's the one Freedom has. That's the Elbrail. Oh, that's the Elbrail? Yeah. No, there's another one from Europe as well. Uh, uh, there's... Can't remember the name. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, I've, I've been predicting that people would just go to off-the-shelf tablets and Bluetooth pairing to a Braille display because uh, I, I just don't see what the sense is in, in tying your, your Braille to the computer when the computers themselves are evolving so quickly. Battery so life. what what would you recommend if I said I wanted one similar to the Braille Sense U2? What which product which um, which uh, product would you recommend? Um, I guess it just depends if you want that that same kind of uh, 
feel to it where you've got, you know, kind of a main menu sort of concept and, and everything branches out from there. I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're willing to be a little more adventurous with it, you could get either an iPad or an Android tablet and, and just pair a Bluetooth display to it and, and have something that would be, you know, a lot more functional than, than uh, your U2 um, for a lot less money. Yeah, but it really depends on the apps you're going to use. If you need access to Excel spreadsheets or Word documents or, you know, things like that, that's where the power of these note takers can actually work better because the accessibility is built in. Yeah, yeah, it totally depends on what you're doing. Well, what I found with the um, BrailleSense U2 was that I found that it, it had a lot of, there were a lot of problems when it came to pairing it with an iPad or an iPhone. It was constantly dropping and dropping, you know, like, so I guess what I'm basically looking for is um, the combination of voice and Braille, like just like what the Braille Sense YouTube gives me independently. Right. You know, so well, if you didn't what, would have, you re- what would you recommend? My opinion is if you didn't want to have to relearn an operating system and everything else, all your keyboard commands would be very similar is I would go with a Polaris. Get the trade-in allowance through HIMS if they have a trade-in program and go with the Polaris. Do they have a trade-in program? They, they sure. almost certainly do. But my uh, Braille Sense U2 is about four years old. Does, it doesn't does, matter. doesn't matter. They haven't really changed in, in quite a while. So what would be the difference then, would you know? Um, based on what they used to offer for trade-ins, it's probably somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars for a trade-in. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That, that, I better contact. Sorry, that's <laughs> sorry. Let me let me let me clarify that. That's what they would give you as a value for the unit that you have now. That's how much they'd yeah. give you off the seven thousand dollar asking price. Do they have any sort of monthly payment thing? Do you know? Uh, that I don't know. Hmm. So is there anything else you wanted to ask me? Oh, that's right. I guess we were, we, we were, talking <laughs> we were interviewing you, weren't we? We were interviewing you. <laughs> we got decided, but although that's great. I mean, it's, it's actually nice to talk AT because we haven't actually talked a lot of, a lot of AT shop talk for a while. So it's kind of nice to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that, that you want to talk about that of any projects that you have upcoming or that, you know, that anything that we haven't actually hit on because you know your you know your bio is so is so rich with stuff that you've been doing it's it's easy for stuff to get buried well i think what i would you know like you know that the cnib is turning 100 years right yep so i'm trying to get on their um on their on their agenda to host a dinner mystery evening and i, I think with with me my dinner mystery evening is very different in the sense that it's full audience participation right you get the audience involved in trying to solve the mystery of who did it and then the audience gets to vote on whether the person is guilty or not and then they get to vote on the type of sentence that is handed down to the <laughs> the person right so i'm trying to get on their on on their agenda to host one of these things and uh, i've done a few of them so far so i'm really looking forward to trying to do that again Wonderful. Well, if, if anyone is actually interested in keeping an eye out for that, uh, where would they go? Would, would that be featured on your website when you do get it set up or CNIB's website or? Both. And then I'd probably um, put it on Facebook as well. So you'll definitely hear about it. <laughs> and uh, now, so if someone's looking for you on Facebook, just plugging in your name, then you'll, they'll be able to find you? Um, author Donna Jodhan or just Donna Jodhan. You'll find me in both ways. And we will, of course, link to your website uh, on our show notes as Site, well. Sites plural. Yeah. <laughs> Sterlingcreations.ca and DonnaJodhan.com and, are the two sites. Yeah. And, and BarrierFreeCanada.org. And... Definitely. Um, we just became a not-for-profit um, organization. We have um, we have just set up our board, and we're now moving towards um, developing. Um, our mission statement and revamping our website so a lot of exciting things coming down there and and now what's going to be the goal of of barrier free canada well it's um it's not just about making sure that um the legislation is passed it's 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 way after that 
And and as we were talking to the minister this afternoon, you know, a lot of organizations say that they are the voice of the people. Well, you're the voice of the people, but do you really understand what the person on the street is all about? What, you know, we want to make sure that the person on the street understands how to advocate, when to advocate, and what to advocate for. So that is part of her mission, to do that. And, you know, if we have to collaborate with other organizations to do it, so be it. But, you know, organizations love to claim that, yeah, we're the voice of the people, but they don't go down to the grassroots to make sure that the person on the street understands what advocacy is all about and how a Canadians with Disabilities Act would help to enrich their lives. So that is part of our mission. And also to help the uh, government to collect data that would enable them to better understand the different trends that are going on and how they could use this data to develop you know, other programs after the Disabilities Act is, is enacted. I want to ask you this question because you just mentioned the Canadians with Disabilities Act. I think mm-hmm. I saw that Nova Scotia just uh, passed, uh, I don't know, I guess it's a Provincial Disability, yes. Disabilities Act. What Correct. is every province going to do their own, or are we going to have a national program? I think every province is, is doing their own. Now, Nova Scotia just passed theirs. Manitoba has not passed theirs, and it all has to do with the present government, I was told, who they may not be as interested in passing anything, but the people out in Manitoba are going to do their best to ensure that something is passed. And I think you guys are having an election sometime soon. May 9th. May 9th. So then it would all depend on which government gets into power. Because the different parties are promising different things. And then, as you know, in Ontario with the AODA, I mean, they're still fighting very hard to get things done. In Quebec, they don't have anything. You know, right. I mean, there. I would say for Quebec, their government is a lot more progressive when it comes to understanding and accommodating the needs of persons with disabilities. But mm-hmm. they don't have a provincial act, as I know. Right. And Saskatchewan is just now starting up. Alberta doesn't have anything that we know of. So every province is different. Yeah, yeah, it makes it very confusing. Do you do you think some of these larger organizations don't press as hard as they might against the the various governments because they're afraid of losing funding from the government? Absolutely, hmm. they're afraid, so they won't do it. And this is this is part of our problem too. Like you know, I had one organization say to us that we don't want to lose government funding, so we're not going to do it. We're not going to support you. So they don't want to support us and because they were free. Hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, yeah, yeah. Because that just gives gives government a stick to wield against you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. It's almost Divide like, and conquer. Yeah, it's almost like these contracts have to be handled by an arm's length organization rather than mm-hmm. directly by the government so that they can't use that as a threat. Right. So those are the types of barriers that we face but I would say like for this government they're the first government that definitely decided to take a step in the right direction that you know they have committed to it and the minister told us this afternoon that she is hoping to have this legislation tabled by end of year early next year and hopefully for it to you know get through parliaments maybe by middle of next year Now, remember, they have to do something before their mandate is up in 2019. If they don't, it could die if they're not Mm re-elected. See? It's really weird to hear somebody say 2019 and realize it's just around the corner. (laughs) Wait, it is? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's only two and a bit years away. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Blink twice and it's here, you know? And I still don't yeah. have my flying car. No, what year did Blade Runner supposedly take place? <laughs> we got to be close to that, right? <laughs> well, he would just go back oh to 2001, a space odyssey. Oh, that's yeah. right. Well, that's right. Yeah. It's true. Uh, oh, well, Donna, you know what? We better let you get some sleep because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a busy day tomorrow. 
Um, yeah. No, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and taking some time and talking with us. It was this was awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And <clears throat> if ever you wanted to, um, if you had nothing better to do or had no one else to call on, I'm here. <laughs> okay, wait, fantastic. We'll take you up on that. Okay. All right, Donna, take care, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thanks again. Okay, Donna, take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye. See, you guys should feel incredibly guilty at not having the energy of that lady and having as full a plate. I mean, come on. I'm busy running a company. You know, <laughs> whatever. What's she You're doing, sitting on you know? the couch staring at the TV. <laughs> I'm, you got I, a margarita in one hand and your phone in the other. <laughs> I'll have you know I'm level 12 in Fallout 4. <laughs> I just finished season one of a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> wow. We have stuff to do, That's folks. right. Wow. We're... Whatever she's taken, give me some of that. That's right. No, that's I fantastic. I want to be that energetic. It felt good to talk a little AT. It's been a while. It's, it has been a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting excited there. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. All right. <laughs> Woo! Go AT. That's right. <laughs> Put the AT back in banter. Put the banter yeah. back in banter. Put the AT back in front of banter, and we have AT. Banter. Banter. Wow, that's like our origin story right there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Not as cool as a radioactive spider, but <laughs> well, I guess we'll take it. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, where can people find us? Steve, where can people find us? Well, well sure. Depends. Delegate. Dep- depends You're how they're subcontracting trying. out now, are you? That's right. Because there's there's options, man. I mean, they could they could email us at atbanterpodcast at gmail dot com. And true. incidentally, if you email us, there's probably a pretty good chance we're going to read your email on the air. So right. Give there is that bribe bribe. Uh, hey, people can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We have a website too. Oh, we do. And what? Where would that be? That's at www.atbanter.com. Fan frickin' tastic. And we've got an Instagram account that's got nothing but pictures of the guitar dungeon on it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm working on it. I don't know. Obviously I, not. I, I, listen, <laughs> I've got stuff to do. Like I said, I'm level 12 in Fallout 4. I've got. So <laughs> I hit 20, then I can put some time make into some time. Yes. Make some time if I'm not fighting super mutants. Excellent. Uh. What else? Uh, that's I think that's it. I, although I have to say, looking at our our schedule coming up, I'm kind of excited about a couple of the shows that are good that that we've got uh, in in the pipe, so to speak. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I think I think you know. Let's talk about you know the big one coming up is is our big one year anniversary show. It is May twenty second. That's right. Woohoo! Yeah. Yep. So our one uh, year anniversary. Should We're, we should we live tweet that one? We you, we could we could live tweet that we could live tweet it. It's a laptop right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could we could do something like that. Who knows? Uh, you know, it's it's something to look at. Maybe we'll maybe I'll, I'll look into that this week and uh, we can set something up. At least at the very least, I like the idea of live tweeting. Talking about this Did episode now. Steve can do the live tweets. There you go. He we, as long as we get a couple ciders in him, apparently that's all he needs to to hit start start hitting the tweets. That's Excellent. right. We can do that. But, uh, yeah, we've got that coming up. We've got, uh, what else we got coming up this month? Just to, just to give us a little tease, Ryan. Come on, I know you hate. We've got a podcaster whose voice many of you out there will know. He's been in the AT industry for a long, long, long time and has also been on different radio programs such as ACB, Main Menu. Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. for Humanware, is now working for VFO, um, and he's from New Zealand. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. I don't know who this is. You don't, but everybody else does. Well, okay. Who is it? <laughs> His name is Jonathan Mosin. Oh, cool. I don't yeah. know who that is. Very well respected individual in the yep. AT industry. Awesome. He's a guru. He is. Yeah. And then later in May, we have someone from Google Accessibility joining us. Oh, nice. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we're getting all the big boys now. We've we've now we're almost a year old. We're almost ready for our big boy pants. I'm ready to retire. 
you're ready to, ready to retire for a oh, toddler podcast. A well, to be honest, I actually didn't think we'd make it a year. Remember, I was skeptical. I know. Ending. I know you were. Yeah, I was like, I oh, had to talk podcast? you off. What are you talking about? We don't have time to do a podcast. I know. And here we are. You're old. You're in. Yeah. We're still doing it. We are. We're it's still doing easy. it in your basement. Did you ever imagine that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I also didn't imagine to be unemployed either. <laughs> well, you know. So things can change. <laughs> Working on it. Working on it. That's I know. Right. I know. All right. Anyways. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We've got stuff to do, clearly. No, we don't. Uh, well, we're going to go anyways. Uh, the guitar. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Ciao. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.